Hey everybody, we're talking about Walter Mercado, the star of Mucho, Mucho, Mucho Amor. And uh, Keith and Aaron are a little bit younger than I am. I'm 45 years old. They assumed that Walter Mercado was a big part of my life and that I like grew up with him and knew him and got my fortune told by him and everything else. And no, I'd actually never heard of him before this documentary. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I actually had seen, you know, just sparingly some people using Walter Mercado's image and I didn't know what I was looking at. Because I was like, oh, this dude just looks eccentric and, and you know, and, you know, people feel his vibe. But I, I just I didn't know, you know, about um, his history. And it, it was fascinating. Yeah, I, I don't. It's like I vaguely remember him. Like I, I vaguely remember being up late or something and seeing him. Like at yeah, a I time. Wanna, I, I know what was probably, going on, though. Yeah, I think you I don't know why I give him Walter Mercado and. The outer limits. Oh, like mixed together. Oh, I don't know if I that's that's up. interesting. It, it, it's the setting. It's the stage. Well, no, I think I think it was that the fact that I was up later as a kid than I should have been up. <laughs> I either came across Walter Mercado, Tales from the Crib, or The Outer Limits. <laughs> See, mine oh, was man, that's true. Miss Cleo for sure. Yeah, was, sure. was a big part of my, I guess, teenagers. Um, I don't really remember anybody in the Mercado era. I kind of remember Dionne Warwick and the Psychic Friends Network, which I didn't remember mm. until I saw it in this documentary. But I was like, oh, yeah, that did happen. And uh, the other the other ones I remember were Tom Vu. And I don't know if anybody remembers Tom Vu. But no, he no, was, no. I think he was like a Vietnamese-American immigrant who like would pose with yachts and women and stuff like that in bikinis. You can still find him on YouTube. Really? He was pretty amazing. And then the Beastie Boys had a line that was like, I'm like Tom Vu with yachts and mansions. And that was like yeah. the best line ever. I and didn't then, know who that was. That's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> and Mike Myers used to straight up do him on SNL. And didn't um, that become a movie? <laughs> I don't think there's ever a Tom Vu movie, but um, it was funny because like the imitation of him was just the same. Like it wasn't any more exaggerated than the actual Tom Vu. It wasn't. It was just like a Tom Vu ad. It was just like doing an ad for Tom Vu. It wasn't like I'm gonna exaggerate this or anything like that, really. Well, I mean, but you know, I think what sets uh, Walter Mercado apart, though, at least from what I know, um, having seen this documentary, and you know, I so I forgot what this is called, right? But this came up actually during the Last Dance, which is that Bulls documentary, Chicago Bulls documentary yeah. that was released about you know, Michael Jordan's career in the last season for the Chicago yeah, Bulls. So I, a lot of I started watching it by the way. It's on Netflix now. So nice. Late. Just want just wanted to let you know. Nice. Yeah, I got no comment on that right now. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a future episode. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. But it, it's it's really fascinating. But one thing that people criticize it for, they're like, well this isn't really journalism. This is Michael Jordan um giving the version of, of his life and career the way he wants, but this isn't like doing some like deep you know, critical look at him. And, and I, to some degree, I, I, I get that. Yeah. Um, and, and, but, you know, we got access that we never would have had otherwise. And I think we're seeing similar things with Walter Mercado here, where what was so interesting is being somebody who didn't like grow up and, and, you know, having that sort of, uh, you know, real God, like almost admiration for him 
seeing him, you know, off his throne. And keeping in mind, like, when his show was off, like we wanted to do a documentary, he was just gone from the public eye. So you're and saying nobody you didn't, knew what happened. You didn't grow up in Puerto Rico and you didn't have a Spanish speaking abuela who watched who watched Walter Mercado. I mean, in a different different dimension, I'm sure that happened. Um <laughs> or maybe in the in the, you know, um parallel universe where I'm reincarnated differently. In a better world where we all get to get to grow up with Walter Mercado. Yeah. Well, he, he was just really you know, a choice to like show yourself away from that celebrity is really interesting because even a lot of celebrities that we have today, they give us the Instagram version and all that, but yeah. not like the, I'm really for real, just chilling at the house and this is how I live, this is how I do, you know, these are my people kind of thing, like really stripping that down um, yeah. <laughs> because he seemed to be a figure that was famous in the way that we saw Michael Jackson being famous, you know, um, yeah. and, and people of that era when like celebrity um, fandom was at its it, the height of its heights and there was enough distance that celebrities were mysterious and you mm-hmm. could you could sort of fixate on them better than you can fix it on celebrities now because now it's just like oh that's the person i'm obsessed with going to write aid like it's not that cool anymore yeah or they start you know crying at rallies in south carolina talking about you know i hear tubman ain't free slaves that, that, that's what we get now i don't like this version i prefer the old version Celebrities and artists nowadays, they're derivatives of celebrities back in the day. Yeah. Like, you think of like a Walter Mercado or a Michael Jackson or a Prince, for example, these people were like original people, like to the point where it's almost like they came from another planet somewhere. Well, and, and also what they did was so, like, as they mentioned several times with Walter Mercado, he was breaking the mold in such a way that he really opened doors for a lot of people and, and his air positivity, you know, they, you know, attribute like the changes in, in Puerto Rican culture and elsewhere with his influence, um, allowing people to, to have more ability to be who they are, whether that's yeah. um, some sort of queer culture or something else. Um, and also he always, he talked a lot about diversity. He was just, everything about him was just very positive. I mean, in, in yeah. the way that he would, talk about religion and say, I would take the best parts of it and try to impart that on the people using astrology and, you know, and still calling himself a psychic and saying that he is in that, um, that, you know, working within that space, um, just building that positivity, believing in energy and, and the, sort of the synergy that we share with one another, you know, it was really interesting to see from him because he, he clearly didn't care about the finances of it as we'll get to later. I don't know. That's the one issue. When you said that you thought that he might be getting kind of the Michael Jordan soft glove treatment, the one thing I was worried about is are they not going to bring up the fact that he had this phone line where he would charge people for psychic readings and probably people spent money that they shouldn't have spent on a psychic reading. And he definitely um, clearly wasn't honest in his presentation of what he told them because he'll say like, Oh, I never told them that you'll win on this date. You'll win the lottery uh, on this yeah, date, but then he definitely one. did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing about the documentary is like, I think in a very tasteful way, they did show the whole picture and they did ask him the hard questions. And I appreciated that because there was a point when I was just like, I was watching it kind of incredulously, like, how is this guy different than a televangelist? And I actually said to my wife, like, how is this different than being a televangelist? And want me to tell you how it's different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because they read the contract. Because who reads the contract? The televangelists will read the contract. What's the contract? 
whatever the hell it is with their money. They don't get swindled this hard. I mean, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm oh not no, no. I'm saying the, I'm not <laughs> saying in his dealings with how he got ripped off by his manager. I'm saying in his dealings with the people. Like, yeah. oh, oh, well, I just mean, well, but see, to me, though, it's hard to separate those things. Like people who are swindlers and really are in it oftentimes more so for the money than other things, they are very um, detail oriented when it comes to certain things and, and the sort of ways that they um, tell their versions of the truth. It, the, 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 it feels like the, the, they don't have empathy for their followers in the same way, if that makes sense. So they're yeah, artists, they're public. Well, as well, you're person. saying you just can't swindle a swindler. Well, more like a swindler puts that before everything else. Like their main thing will be the swindle, not the, well, let me make sure I'm, I'm imparting, you know, some, some, something to people that makes them feel upbeat and good about themselves. I mean, clearly, you know, uh, Mercado had an, an ego or whatever. I mean, like that, that's clearly there. But I have never heard ever and i mean we've seen plenty of swindling in in uh shoot especially in the 90s i mean that that was the agents were doing all kind of crazy stuff to people yeah. um from boy bands to everything else in america um <laughs> but you know uh i've never heard of you signed in the language in the contract if you just stare at it 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 has stuff that's like it covers the, the entire the, universe. Yeah, like covers the entire universe. This is in perpetuity. <laughs> like might as well say forever. Like that's some crazy shit. He didn't even look at it clearly. So I yeah. guess it's more what I mean. Like he he didn't even care. He he was very trusting, and, and a lot of the trust has a lot to do with that too. But it's it's know. like would someone who cared that much about money allow himself to be swindled in that way? Right. But then and again, I mean, I'm saying that, but this happens to professional athletes all the time. So I just wanted to make that, please finish your point. I just wanted to actually, I guess, include that as well. I just want to say, I want Bill Bakula to represent me in all of my future <laughs> transactions. That dude does not miss a trick. Because I mean, in his defense, like we keep saying Swindler, but in his defense, like it was all in the contract that Walter signed. I mean, well, Swindle doesn't mean you're breaking the contract. I, I mean, more yeah. like you you understand that this person trusts you to yeah. the utmost. And, yeah. and he's like, well, I mean, both parties had competent lawyers who blah, blah, blah. Like, man, no lawyer. Right. Nobody who's even a lawyer. You don't have to be <laughs> a lawyer to be like, hey, you know what's a bad idea? Signing away your name and well, your likeness. Amazing. And he signed away every single piece of the brand. And it had like all possible forms of media included yeah. that was incredible that so was, i call that a swindle that was yeah that was on a whole nother level and i was i was thinking about to to kind of add to tim's point about what's the difference between him and the televangelist and i think what we're getting at is that at the end of the day if if you were really trying to exploit people you wouldn't be the per type of person that also allows yourself to be exploited because i think to his defense I think there was a point where he said he didn't really know how much they were getting charged. Yeah. It was just like, he was just doing it. Now, mm -hmm. one, thing, one other thing that he did say that I thought was interesting, like I don't believe in psychic readings. I don't, I don't do none of that. I don't, I listen to people talk about astrology all the time. Yeah. And the only time I ever even talk about like Zodiac signs is if I'm dating a girl <laughs> and she's into that type stuff and i'd be like oh yeah our signs are compatible or some shit but you <laughs> but you just you gravitate to those kind of women 
No, they they come to me. <laughs> but the point well, what's your what's your sign? I mean, probably your star sign is such that I'm an Aries. Well, there you go. I mean, probably a Taurus. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna try to figure. <laughs> well, Scorpio and Taurus are circling Aries. Everybody knows. Mm. Yeah, that's funny because my my girlfriend is actually a Scorpio. But anyway, <laughs> see, see, that's just the stars aligning, baby. Yeah, they just aligned that way. But anyway, I was thinking about like. When he, when someone, I don't know if they say in the documentary, but it's pretty much like, what's the difference between a Walter Mercado and a Tony Robbins? Right. And, yeah. And I ain't gonna lie, man. I listen to Tony Robbins like anytime I feel a type of way and I need just a little bit of motivation, I listen to Tony Robbins. Even if I feel like half of what he's saying is bullshit, I feel it and I believe it. And I, I start to manifest it in a weird, in a, in a type of way, you know what I'm saying? So it is something to be said about a person that gives you that much hope and motivation when you have zero to none. And then before you know it, you start to have stuff manifesting over always being bombarded by negativity and so on. So, I mean, at the end of the day, he's providing a service. Regardless. Yeah. You know. I just I just feel like one of the, the things, too, is he is so I mean, that positivity it isn't just through, you know, the messaging on its own. But also, I feel like one difference is if he really was trying to do people like that, he would have chose a lane in, in religion and just stuck with that, like an easy one for Hispanics, you know, whether it's Catholicism or whatever, and just said, all right, I'm gonna like ride this out. I mean, this, this, was gonna almost, do, this was gonna be about this was pretty religious. It was. They, it was. They almost, um, you know, regarded him as a religious figure. But but he could have been like so when because remember there was a point even where they asked him like you know why do you mix up, you know, Hinduism and Buddhism and I you know like what's what's that about you know and he was like you know whatever you believe is you know what you believe but we're here to bring you closer to what you believe and believe in that positivity do the things that that work for you and, and you know really go after it and all that kind of stuff you know what just occurred to me when you said that like mm -hmm. when he said that when he said it on i forget what show it was i thought like that's some great charlatanism right there like to say nobody has a monopoly on the right way to god and i was like uh, was wow, it Jorge that is, ramos i don't remember who he said it to but i thought wow that is a great line what a bunch of bullshit but then that's actually that actually is what i believe yeah, so, I, know. I mean, <laughs> no, because I believe like if you go to heaven and they're like, oh, sorry, you lived an exemplary life, but you're a Muslim, you guessed wrong. Sorry. I don't think that's really how it works. I think like God, whoever God is, is like, look, how did you treat other people? Like, how did you behave? Um, were you a good person? I don't care if you were a Hindu or a Buddhist or Christian or whatever. Like, it's just, were you a good person? I mean, I happened to like my door is Christianity, but somebody else's door might be something else. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and I think that was one of the things that was, you know, about him. I mean, because look, definitely some of these other people we've been talking about, that's not how they approach that at all. Um, they make sure you you got the whole fire and brimstone speech if, you know, <laughs> it, it didn't go, you know, a certain way. So, I mean, I think for him to, to be, you know, an outlet and, and find a way to bring out the positivity people was good. And again, see, it was interesting because like what they kept talking about and it actually was just, they, they kept talking about him like as an artist, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I thought that was interesting. I, I definitely think 
it's fair to put it that way. He started in the arts and theater. Um, now, the thing is, though, in general, you know, people in art oftentimes take their eye off the ball. Even The Last Dance often has a lot of things. It's like what really started screwing up stuff was the business. It wasn't even like the basketball. Yeah. It was all this other peripheral stuff that had nothing to do with what was going on on the court. It was yeah. important, right? But, like, that's not what Jordan's looking. I mean, now he took care of his money in a certain way, and a lot of people have been critical of him for having that be such a focus of his. Like, everybody has a fault or something of some kind. Like, for a lot of people, they thought Jordan was – did not speak up enough for all sorts of things as it pertained to social, political life. Um, but his money was fine. Like, he never did an issue with that. Um, and that definitely it, helped the money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's funny because the only person it seems like who got after him was the, as they put the person that we felt like was his angel, uh, Bill uh, Bakula, um, became, his, you know, went from his angel to his devil. He, he just really wanted to put that somewhere safe. He felt like it was somewhere safe. Um, he could trust those decisions to that individual. And it just happened not to work out that way. And, and that, it's interesting to think what may have happened to him if, you know, somehow Bill Bocula had decided not to go that route and do something that I guess was less um, stringent as far as what um, Walter McCarter would be able to do. Would he have continued to be a figure, you know, further into the millennium? Like how would that have looked? And, and would he have gotten a wider reach as the internet, you know, came up? I know they said he tried to get some more shows, but um you know, once you're off the air for that long, I mean, people are hesitant to give you another shot. Well, the other thing is, this is one of those documentaries that kind of wants to, I think it wants to make you feel sad or regretful about how things might have gone. But on the other hand, what an amazing life he had. I mean, he dies at about 88 mm -hmm. years old. He's surrounded by people who love him. He's absolutely adored. I mean, complete strangers are coming up to him and like a few months before he dies. Like, he, he had a much better life than most people have. Yeah, mo much better than a lot of people who, had, who ever have that level of fame. It was, it was interesting having hear you say that because I had the thought when I was watching it, like, he wouldn't – I mean, well, not, I shouldn't say he wouldn't, but I find it hard to believe he might have had that – what he called heaven on earth, being among people who love him yeah. every day, to have had that if – what occurred didn't occur you know unfortunately it led to him i was passing away early you know that had a heart attack and everything right after he got his rights back yeah um it, it, but i was i was just so moved though at the end when after all this stuff happens and he's hurt himself he's got a broken rib and you know this and that going on a broken pelvis and he's like, no, I'm going to Miami. I'm going to my 50th anniversary thing. And he's like, you can see him kind of gearing up for it. Like, shit, this is going to be hard. He gets out there and he's interviewed with all these people who, he was who dope. admire him. And he was he was just on. He was mucho, mucho amor. <laughs> right, yeah, man. That shit was beautiful. I, I mean, he really, he was a performer, man. Like he really, and, and, and not just performed, but he he really tried to bring, you know, you know again, I'm, bring inside the context of how you put it but he wanted to bring just good vibes to people and i, I just that was fascinating because he was hurting yeah yeah he's like a true extrovert like the way that he got energy from people Man. it was it's pretty beautiful i mean i don't know despite my issues with the call-in line 
at one point in his life. I think he lives a pretty awesome life. Oh, what, what was the, what was the, oh, in Brazil, what, what did they say they called him? They didn't even know him by Walter Mercado. They didn't even buy, uh, oh, yeah, it was like Yegami or something. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. How to say it. Uh, oh my god, that, that actually was hilarious because I mean, even he was like, Yeah, that was kind of <laughs> yeah, a little, a little um, weird. I also think that to add to like how he lived his life, it was also interesting in how he faced death in a yeah. sense, right? Yeah, I always think about that, like, um, not to, not to get too dark, but like, what would my mindset be in those like last moments or yeah. Whereas like him, he he knows this, you know, he knows and he feels that my soul is immortal. Yeah. So what pretty much like what is dead never really dies. And and even like for me, like even like 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 just like with you, Tim, I'm a Christian also, as something that I, you know, I always struggle with and something where it's like, regardless of what you believe in, you 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 really don't completely 100% no, you know. Yeah. But when he talks about it, he talks about it as if I know, I know for a fact that I'm not going to just fade out into oblivion. Yeah. Um, and he felt that in this life. And it might be what, what kept him so connected to everyone else. Everyone else is because he's connected to them on that spiritual level. Yeah, I like that about him. I, I think he had a general faith, and I think a lot of people have a general faith of just, I don't know the answers, but I know that whatever happens is going to be okay. Right. Which, you know, even if what happens is your body goes into the ground and gets reused for something else, like becomes plants, like that's okay. Like, yeah. And I don't know what it is, but I don't know. I, I, I like anybody who helps people think about it and i think he definitely did that in a vast amazing way and that's yeah that's that's commendable and my god it's a super compelling and super entertaining story like we didn't look away for a second mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it, i i was very um it's always weird going back and looking at 90s stuff um because it's like i was there yeah. Um, and I recognize a lot of stuff like seeing like, uh, you know, Sally and how, you know, I mean, how Stern looks the same, which is hilarious. Right. <laughs> um, and, and just all these other people, um, fr from that era and just the way we, we took in media and, and just seeing how, how, you know, TV shows are produced and there's just so much about this. So fascinating. Um, because yeah. at this point, I don't even know. It's like, would would if you're Walter Mercado, would do you start as an influencer now? Like, is that how that would work? That quote from that dude at the end, where he goes, "If you can imagine him now, if he was a gender non-binary, asexual, let me read your fortune. If he was 20 years old on Instagram, he'd be the biggest thing." It's so true, but it's so crazy because, like, this is something I talk with people about occasionally because I it, it's. So it, it, I don't know, like I, I grapple with this and I still don't totally get it, but back in the 80s up to like, you know, this start of the 21st century, people like just kind of did stuff, but they never put names to it. Like Prince is definitely right. whatever Prince is, but nobody right. had terms for Prince. <laughs> 
Did you, you know. see when Billy D. Williams was? He said like some very like '70s shit where he was like, "I'm very in touch with my feminine side. Like I had not, I don't think of myself as a man or a woman." And then the headline came out: Billy D. Williams is gender non-binary. And then, <laughs> and then Billy D. Like, can you imagine Billy D. Williams publicists having to be like, "Billy D., what did you say?" Yeah. Like, gender non-binary what what is that explain it to me like i don't even understand this yeah like i i guess that's what i said is that what i said it's like i get well what does it mean what yeah. i don't know <laughs> yeah i'm not even certain <laughs> did i ever tell you my billy d williams story no 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 it's a good time for it oh uh, <laughs> i lived down the street from bristol farms in la and there were all these celebrities who go in bristol Farms is like a super expensive grocery store where it's like you go in and buy like a coke and then just leave because everything is absurd it makes whole foods look cheap yeah. um so it was right in the corner but i pretty much never shopped there except to get the newspaper um and one day my then girlfriend comes in and she's like oh hey billy d williams is up at the bristol farms and like i'm empire strikes back at that point is definitely my favorite movie <laughs> i have <laughs> i have like a postcard of empire strikes back on our fridge with Han Solo and Billy D. Williams on it. Like, I think I think it's like the whole cast or whatever. And yeah. I'm like, holy shit, I gotta get Billy D. Williams to sign my postcard. So like I grab it and I run up there. <laughs> and he's still there. He's like in the frozen food aisle. And he's fucking awesome. Like he looks like all regal and everything. And I stare <laughs> like seven feet away and then I like freeze and I'm like, do I call him Mr. Williams or Mr. D. Williams? I'm like, I don't remember. Like, what did you go with? I I just turned and left. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I just no. froze up. I was like, can I just say Billy D? No, I can't do that. I'm like, Mr. D, Mr. D? Like, what is his actual name? I like how, like, you think the, the sight of him fucks you up. Like, you could have actually just done it, and it just would have been awkward, and he says yes. And there would have been a different version of the story. And well, instead, you just chickened out. What if I met him, and he's like... I'm trying to shop right now. Sorry. Like if you could just, I, I just want my space. Like what if he'd been just like kind of a dick. And then every time I watch Empire Strikes Back, I'm like, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why I don't talk to famous people. Well, right? I mean, I so, but sometimes you get a good version, but you know, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I was just in the store real quick trying to get some eggs and somebody ran to me like, Hey, can you, you know, can you sign this thing? I hope you had something for him to sign it with. Did you have a pen or something? I've, I'm sure I had a pen. Okay. I know Tim meet famous people every day. Um, Aaron, well, I mean, that's Aaron's LA, though. Famous person you ever met since we all met. Yeah, I don't think about it a whole lot. I mean, I've met plenty of famous people, but um, <laughs> I don't know. Because, I mean, at this point, it's weird. When you live in New York, you end up meeting a bunch of people oh, yeah. who aren't famous and then they become famous. That happens a lot, too. Oh yeah. Um, so I met two, and I don't know if they would be considered famous, considering where we're from. Mm. And that was um, a ball MJG. Oh fuck yes. Yeah. And uh, matter of fact, um, MJG been to my apartment back when I stayed by the University of Memphis. Why? You know <laughs> what? No, can, well, can you can you answer this? Like like yeah. It was, I mean, so this was, this was I, 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 my, cousin, <laughs> my cousin, I guess you could say, was like a protege of MJG. Okay. Like he had made beats and stuff for him and stuff like that. Mm. And so they were like in the area and um, they came over. We, you know, we smoked and stuff, of course. And we, course, we got yeah. subs. <laughs> and I've, I've <laughs> seen him a few times like on set for like a music video and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. even 
we had a conversation at one point where he wanted to make a movie and I pitched him this idea for a script and he liked it, but I, I just, I don't know, I pussied out on it and I actually didn't write the script, so. But it, um, it was gonna be dope. Like he wanted to do something that was like a modern day version of the Mac and stuff like that. So he was a cool guy, man. He's like really super, super down to earth. And I just met A Ball once. Mm. But that's it. That's my famous person story. That's, that's, that's the only person yeah. I've ever. I don't know. I, I wish you would mention this. I mean, I had to, I've got some stories, but I, I can't think of one immediately I can just tell. Um, I've done some funny interviews. Um, with some NBA players, but oh, oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that was that was New York days, though. So, um, so what, I think one thing that we, what we're talking about about artists back in the '90s and before that, I feel is that what made them stand out was authenticity. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. like now, like even when you think of like TikTok stars and people who are famous from YouTube and. And, and Instagram, a lot of them now, I feel like they're just, just like I said, that derivative of like people back in the day. Like even when you think of like comedians now, and I'm not trying to take nothing away from these like Instagram comedians, but they they not, you know, they not Eddie Murphy or Dave Chappelle's and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? They just go out and they do these little skits. It's just a whole different thing that we live in, you know? And people are doing things more so intentional and not so much just doing it because that's just who they are in a sense right like it's kind of like i feel like if you and i could be wrong in saying this but i think if you met like if we talking about prince if you if you met prince i'm sure he's not too much different from what you think he is like on on stage and stuff right oh i mean i heard some weird ass prince stories right i mean look you know even if we just talking about this the sapel show <laughs> I don't know if I would have thought that's what Prince was doing. You get certain people grapes out to you know dunking on the ass. But, and I, but I could see that though. I could see that shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. Then, after he tell it to you, but like, look, that was not in my brain yet. So, <laughs> Sign of the Times is on Amazon Prime now, and when you watch it and just realize how much better Prince is than everyone else in music, kind of ever. I mean, like, don't even a lot of people will be like, well, you know, Prince versus Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson's a better dancer. I'm like, you should watch Sign of the Times before you commit to that. Like Prince is so ridiculously talented and he surrounds himself with so many talented people. Like Sheila E is more talented than most people on Instagram now. Mm, Cat is more talented. And they're like the second or third person in terms of billing. Like he's so ridiculously good. We haven't had a Prince in. I don't know. I mean, the only person I ever saw solve racism was Prince. I went to a Prince concert, and I've never seen so much harmony in my fucking life. It was incredible. Like, everybody was yeah. like, we all had this experience. We love this guy. Like, I love you, man, next to me. It was weird. It was really weird. Like, I could not believe just how just in sync everybody was it was really awesome and, and i would imagine honestly that's how it was with walter walter mccardo i mean he had people from all walks of life who admired him and appreciated what he brought to their lives so you know i'm really glad that got to have this experience really see what he was able to do and that he was able to do it in full before um his passing um and, and again, again, I mean, we've said this so much over the past 12 months or so. 
Netflix again coming through on the diversity uh, yes. point before it was fucking cool. Before it was, oh, we need to like set up statements and say some bullshit in front of the public after, you know, what happened with um, George Floyd. I mean, they've been on this train. They've been making sure that people of diverse backgrounds have had all kinds of chances to do things left and right. They got stuff for everybody. So I'm, again, kudos to them for telling this story and um, doing it well and, and, and clearing, clearly allowing people who, who, had a vision for it and appreciated it to do that telling. May not be popular to say so, but I think Candace Owens' new sitcom on Netflix is absolutely hilarious. She's very, all right, I'm just kidding. Jesus. No, I, I, I will say, I will say, I, I just had to let it go. They're letting everybody do their thing. <laughs> no, she got a sitcom to, for real? No, no. sorry. Oh, I'm no. sorry. Because we were talking about her before we started. Oh, okay. Sorry, everybody. I'm very sorry. There's no Candace Owens. But Netflix did give like $100 million to um, historically HCBUs. Um, historically, black why can't I say that? Historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs. Sorry about that. Um, if you don't say said, it often, it's weird. But, but they also <laughs> said like, this is the start of what we're going to do. Like, mm -hmm. Fantastic. Oh, and you know, they have a setup with John Boyega where they're going to be bringing in more movies um, directly from the motherland. So looking forward to that. Wow. It's going to be awesome. Hey, um, another thing I want to bring up, I know this seems completely off subject, but while we're talking about diversity, I caught a show on um, Netflix called Cursed. Have y'all heard of it? No. Well, is that, it's, wait a minute. It's is like that a Korean show? of King Arthur, which, you oh, know, wow. we got a thousand of them. But I, I got to tell y'all something about me. Anything that's like medieval and fantasy, even if it's trash, I'm probably gonna watch it. <laughs> no, no, you like, don't take out there probably. Like you like my wife within a Korean show, she will watch any of like, it. I've watched Excalibur so many times. Like like especially like when I was in college, I watched the shit out of that movie. And so like with Curse, you got a a female that's that's chosen to to wield the sword. Of Excalibur, and you got a black oh. King Arthur. So I'm like, I'm for this. Matter of fact, you got the guy. I don't, I can't remember his name, but he played Barack Obama, a young Barack Obama. Oh, and Barry. Barry. Yeah. yeah. So I'm oh, like, shit. okay, this is he's king. Huh? Is he king? He's play. He plays Arthur. Oh, but I don't play, think he's well. king. Okay. Uh, but anyway, I, it's, 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 if you want to piss off people, play, make the actor who played Barry become <laughs> king. Oh, too good. Um, I think they're changing it where, where it's going to be a queen instead of a king. I mean, I'm excited. That sounds good. I, I mean, I'll at least look I'm, at it. Um, I'm still, still for it. It's, 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 it's kind of one of those um, good, bad shows. Like, okay. like, the, like The Witcher. <laughs> I got so many comments, especially on hearing uh, Cavill building his own um, gaming rig and then putting music to it. That was pretty hilarious. <laughs> um, but, you know, any thoughts before we close out uh, the episode? Um, I'm really disappointed that you guys haven't even once in the episode said mucho, mucho amor. Mucho, mucho. Uh, every amor. time I do it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's all right. I, 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 mine's not as good as yours, man. I got to work on it. Yeah. You practice. You you probably practice I've in the been mirror. Practicing for seventy two hours straight. Come on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Keith? Anything before we uh, head out? No, no. I, I honestly didn't think I had too much to say about this documentary. I actually watched it a while ago, so um, 
and it was a, you know surprisingly entertaining and you put us on game yeah it was good though put us up on something new i also would like to say i, I it's something about you know you have i have an appreciation for any man that dresses up like a wizard like walter mccardo or any man like prince that's confident enough to wear assless chaps hey it's we didn't I mean. say this but he was fresh as hell yeah. Hey man. Walter McCardo. Hell yeah, man. You oh, can yeah. put him up up the outcast so fresh, so clean every day. <laughs> right. Like that and, and it's that's the thing, you know what I'm saying? That's that's but that's authentic to him, you know. I mean, yeah, I that, that was a clean food. brother, man. I ooh, I, <laughs> I I was like shit, can I cop one of those? Yeah. Nah, we, we you know, you gotta have a personality to fit it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I, I ain't got enough flair. I ain't got enough, I, I'm too much of an introvert to, to yeah, rock a, some of those I'm, colors, but I mean, he's he, he clean, though. I'm going to stick to my tight graphic tees. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm wearing a band shirt from 2005, so. I'm yeah. wearing literally a Street Fighter 4 shirt, so I'm a little embarrassed you said that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we'll get out of here. Uh, as always, please rate, review, share the pod. We really appreciate you making it this far. Uh, as always, you can catch us each Thursday. Um, and we'll holler at y'all on the next one. All right. Peace. See you. Mucho, mucho, mucho. Amor. Ah. <laughs>